Hi, my name is Henry. I am a fourth grader at E.W. Luther Elementary School. My favorite subject in school is writing, and you are listening to the SM Way Podcast. Thank you, Henry. I'm Daniel Bader, Communication Coordinator for the School District of South Milwaukee. I went over to Luther to meet Henry for our little intro. If you've never been in the school, there's a lightness to the air. I popped into two classrooms and saw smiling kids and energetic and engaged teachers. And I'm not just saying that. You can kind of tell when a school isn't happy, but Luther sure is, and it's more than just the holiday spirit. Today we're spotlighting a staff member, District Nurse Stephanie Calamer. Calamer is new to the district. She started roughly when I did in February. She's part of the Special Education and People Services Department in South Milwaukee, a remarkable team that's integrating what they do with what our teachers do. Our moral imperative at South Milwaukee is to act with a relentless commitment to remove barriers and to care for all students so they feel accepted and will learn without exception. That's not just a catchphrase or some corporate mission statement. It's what the teachers and staff here aspire to. Stephanie and her team are an important part of how we fulfill that imperative because she and her team and everyone in People's Services works with students who have medical or other needs to make sure they're not barriers to their education. I could speak with anyone from that department for this episode, but I joke that Stephanie is our resident superhero, and I bet you'll agree with me when you meet her and hear her background. Here's Stephanie. Stephanie Calamer, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So um, normally when I have a staff member on, I ask about their their big why, why they um, chose to, to go into schools. I, I want to ask you why you chose to go into nursing. What's your big why? And then tell me why you came to South Milwaukee. Well, I wanted to be a nurse as long as I can remember. Um, I started as a CNA in high school, and um, I just really like being able to help people make a difference, um, and it makes a difference in, in my own world as well. So um, I started off with emergency care and um, a lot of critical care nursing and emergency nursing. And within that world, I saw a lot of the kids who are in schools and um, not quite needing emergency care or critical care, they were miss- they were being missed. They were falling through the holes, falling through the cracks, and um School nursing not only allows me to have a schedule for my own family, um, but also allows me to make a difference in a place where um, where was it's being missed sometimes. Mm. Um, so before we talk about what you do here, um, you have an impressive list of credentials. <laughs> yeah, um, you. Can you can you tell me a little bit about them or, or tell our listeners what they are? Yeah, um, so I am critical care certified. Um, I've been in the ICU for um, 10 years. I'm still currently employed there just part-time at Children's Hospital in our cardiac ICU. Um, So I have a critical care certification for that. Um, I'm also an EMT and firefighter, um, and I've done uh, volunteer firefighting um, previously. Um, I worked for um, a helicopter rescue service um, for a short time, and um, and then now I'm doing this girl nursing thing. So um, just all the certifications that go along with that. Wow. Wow. How much, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a certified nursing program here, or at least where kids get close or they're nursing assistants. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of education does it take? How, how long were you in school for all that? Uh, well, I got my CNA um, in high school, like is available here at South Milwaukee. Um, so that's a semester long class. Sometimes it's two semesters, depends how they break it up. 
Um, so that started when I was 16, and then I did a slew of classes throughout um, technical school, and then um, did my bachelor's at UWM, and that took another uh, four years. So, so a total, I guess, you know, six years or so, um, and then after that, it's just it's continuous classes, mm. just continuing ed and things. Yeah, it sounds kind of the equivalent of a bachelor's and a master's degree, but just in the medical world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, man, some of those so. How do you become a firefighter, too, like on top of that? I started as an EMT um, because I like the emergency world. Um, and, and while I was working for the fire department, I just got to see a whole nother world on the fire side. And um, we would do um, helping them after fires and recouping them. And I just wanted to be part of, of that as well and just kind of get the whole picture. Hmm. Are you part hmm. of a, a volunteer squad now or a squad? Um, I'm in between right now. Um, and... Yeah, so that I was there for um, about six years, um, and just with timing and with um, a few jobs that I'm doing right now, I'm taking a break from that. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, you must know how to deal with acute stress or, I guess, adrenaline in your jobs. All of them sound like mm-hmm. they're very intense. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, it teaches you how to stay calm in a lot of different situations. So. Uh, we don't get a lot of super high stressful situations here at school, but it definitely helps um, to have the broad knowledge to know, you know, where all my resources are when I need them. Um, and it just helps you to have a clear mind when things do go awry, that you can think clearly. Hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, all the procedures for, for you know, when an ambulance comes, if, if mm-hmm. one has to, or how to talk to a firefighter or a police officer if they're mm-hmm. in the building. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a major advantage for us, I think. Yeah, it is. It's definitely nice to know, um, there's, you know, things, certain things I can do as a nurse and then other things that I could have, you know, done under my EMT license. Um, I'm still licensed, um, as an EMT, but being that I'm here in a different situation, you, you have to work underneath your scope. So, um, we only have certain resources here, but knowing when it's important to call an ambulance versus when parents can take, you know, to the hospital or do we even need 911? Are they going to be able to, to do anything for this child that, that we can't do here or that they can only do at the hospital? So Sure, sure. And then um, I'm interested in the flight nurse part. How mm-hmm. how did you get into that and um, what what is it like? Yeah, I, um, it was a goal of mine forever. Um, so I just kind of took the steps that I needed to get to get there. Um, and it's, it's great. Um, the people that work there are fantastic and, um, know exactly what needs to be done. And, um, you know, you talk about staying very calm under stress and that's something they can definitely do. Um, it's, um, it's very exciting and, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a good, a good role to have. Yeah. So I guess my perception of that is, is when, there's an uh, an immediate need and an ambulance isn't fast enough you get on a helicopter with someone like you and get to the hospital is that what it is yeah yeah it's um sometimes ambulances can't get through fast enough because whether it be where they are out in the country or you know traffic at that time things like that um there's also um the ambulance in the air can deal with the higher acuity patients sometimes, um, depending on what kind of an ambulance service is available and around at that time. Um, a lot of times um, patients need blood to be given, and that's something you know that sometimes the ambulance service cannot do. Um, certain um, rescue medications can only be given um, by that level provider. Does that happen a lot if you had to fly a lot? 
Um, th- I think they're busy. Yeah, they're busy often. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I guess you're not afraid of heights. <laughs> uh, I'm not. No. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your role here at South Milwaukee. Now, you're the district nurse. What What does that mm-hmm. mean? Uh, so I span um, all six schools. Um, I also work with the community um, and our fire departments and things to come up with policies and protocols um, to span through our schools and uh, work with our medical director to um, to write our policies for the year. Um, I have a team underneath me that uh, we work very closely to staff the health rooms and um, make sure all the kids are safe within the schools. Um, that includes doing scheduled medications or emergencies or just, you know, belly aches throughout the day. Um, it also includes teaching um, staff and teachers our policies and emergency procedures. Um, we're in the midst of, you know, working on different things that, you know, we'll be teaching them with as in regards to CPR or Narcan administration, um, things like that, where everybody kind of becomes part of the emergency team instead of just, you know, the, the seven healthcare team members that we have. Mm. So. Uh, interesting. Can, can you give me an example? Um, of what we're teaching? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that we're working on that we are still in the midst of is, um, one of my big goals is to become Project Adam um, certified or acclimated. So we um, Project well, Adam yeah. goes through Children's Hospital, um, and it Adam was a 17 year old who passed away um, during a basketball game. Um, most likely could have been saved with an AED and an emergency plan in place. Um, so parents have really pushed, you know, this teaching and has now become Project Adam. Um, I'm a part of the Project Adam program over at Children's Hospital. And so um, try to help school districts learn how to respond in a cardiac emergency, um, make sure that our AEDs are all up to date, um, you know, with everything, um, all the pads and batteries and everything being up to date and in places that people know where they are and they can access them and they're working. Um, and then teaching the staff how to, how to do CPR um, when to know what to do, and then all the different roles that occurred during that emergency. Um, there's, you know, there's another district that I went through this with, um, Germantown School District, and um, at first it's it's very scary for staff and teachers because they're not medical, and it's um, it's scary. But um, once you know it and have been through it and um, practice it, it's it's just so great to know, and they're so thankful that they have that information. Hmm. Um, and and where are you at in Project Adam? Um, so right now we're working on CPR teaching um, and AED maintenance. So um, we just revamped all of our AEDs and uh, making sure that they're all up to date. Um, and then uh, working with another staff member to get everybody, not everybody, but as many people as we can, um, CPR trained, whether that be a hands-only CPR or a CPR certification. So we're in the midst of booking you know, um, staff members that are really anxious and um, people really would like to be trained. So it's, it's really great to see the enthusiasm for this program. What does a, a modern school nursing program look like? Yeah, I think it has really evolved over the years, especially now through COVID. Um, I think that we're responsible for for a lot of things that span a lot of ways. Um, so we deal with um, just the general um, sick kids at school, um, first of all, and you know the kids that come come in and, and just have a bellyache or a headache and things like that. Um, we also have some pretty acute um, students that are able to attend school because we can we're able to have a health plan in place for them. Um, so we work closely with their doctors and 
um, the nurses and health aides here to, you know, and with the parents to de develop a plan that will keep them safe and healthy while they're in school um, and while they're under our care. Um, and that, you know, can can span from just regular medications to G2 feeding to suctioning, um, things like that, that a lot of times, you know, used to only be able to happen at home. Sure. So, wow. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know that you've done a lot of outreach with teachers to try to, to mm -hmm. make everyone um, who should be aware of a student's medical needs aware aware of them. Right, right. The teachers are such you know a big part of this plan because they're with the students all day. You know, so um, the health health team is is around and available, but this, the teachers really have play a big role, and um, they're an important part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so when a student's not feeling well in uh, a class and they go down to school nurse they're, they're not seeing you right they're seeing one of your team members yeah usually one of my team members um i staff i make it around to all the rooms you know try to daily um or if we have a sick call then i staff a room um but yeah it's it's mostly the health aides um and then we have a nurse another nurse that staffs the high school and the middle school um so they see a lot of kids every day um last year i think we had it was close to twenty-five thousand. Um, visits. So wow. um, this year, I think we're already at about 11,000 visits. Um, so they're busy. They're busy all day. Um, and so I try to help help staff and help staff our, our busier rooms um, when I can. Um, but yeah, they do a, a fantastic job. Sure. And and blood sugar management is a really big part of your day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We have quite a few uh, diabetic students um, and we work really closely um with the student and the parents and as well as the doctor to help do teaching with them. So not only are we managing their sugars and helping them with their insulin, but helping to teach them to be independent um, with their disease. And um, it's just an important part of, of life, knowing, you know, to, to deal with it and deal with all the um, everything that goes along with having that disease. Sure, because like type 1 diabetes can kind of become apparent at it's school age, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's when it happens. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is when it, it comes about. Um, and a lot of times it, it takes a big, huge team to be able to make it work um, while they're at school. And it's a scary thing for parents to, to have 100 percent of the control while they're at home and know they're OK and you know, to give us their trust and know that we're going to keep their kids safe while they're here for eight hours a day, which is is a hard thing. So. Yeah, and all the monitoring equipment. Um, my son's best friend is type one diabetic, and his mom has an app that she yep. can monitor his sugar. So you must mm -hmm. also have a lot of interactions with parents when, we do. when there might be a, a blood sugar problem. Yes, yeah, parents um, are a big part of the plan as well, um, and they know their kids the best. So um, it's it's working with them, asking questions when we need to, um, and just kind of working together to make sure that we are all on the same page in, in dealing with whatever's going on sure um so the other thing that that we've interacted with is kind of over-the-counter medication for mm -hmm. students um what is like aspirin are we talking about cold medicine what 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 is it yeah we um we have a few options um, that our medical director has approved um and with the approval of the medical director we also have have to have approval from parents um so it's tylenol ibuprofen um a like an allergy medication. Um, and then we also have just some topical ointments, um, for, for itching and for injuries, um, things like that. Um, cough drops are something too, that, you know, takes a parent, um, signature to make sure that that's okay that we give that to them. Um, we also have, um, 
not that it's over the counter, but EpiPens for a lot of students and inhalers for a lot of students. And um, those all go through the doctor's orders and then come to us as mm. well. Mm. That's a lot of record keeping. It is. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're in the middle. You'd mentioned cough drops and that that got me thinking we're in the middle of cold and virus season. Um, we just sent a communication out last week about what to do, but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. When, mm-hmm. when should a parent keep their student home and when is it okay to send them in? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what happens if they get sick at school? Yeah. So, um, some of our hard and fast rules are a fever, um, of a hundred point zero and over, um, that requires them to stay home and that's a 24 hour at home hold. Um, it's just a cue that the body is working on something bigger um, when it's when it gets to be up that high. Um, every once in a while, our body is kind of trying to fight something little, a little virus that's not going to be, you know, affecting us as much or not as contagious, and it will usually stay under that hundred um, degree, you know, cold or um, fever. Mm-hmm. So. It's important if a child has a hundred degree fever that they stay home. Um, if they're at school and um, and they come in, they're not feeling well, or they're found to have a fever, then that's when they will be sent home at that hundred. Um, there's times when we will request they go home under that, and that's you know it's the whole person that's sick. So if we're seeing that they're very fatigued, they have you know they're really not feeling well, then it's they go home as well. Um, some other ways that they should be staying home is um, thick drainage, colored thick drainage. Um, any vomiting is a stay home or send home. And then um, diarrhea more than twice is um, something that either they need to stay home or are sent home. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that's uncomfortable just to be anywhere. You know, if you need right. to get home, you need to get home. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's it's for their comfort, too, um, as well as the safety and um, health of the staff, as well as the other students that are in the classroom. Um, there's things too that people often have questions about like pink eye, um, chicken pox, um, things like that. And so with pink eye, um, when there's a lot of drainage, um, that's to stay home and, um, go to the doctor. So those drops are 24 hour, um, drops once they're on antibiotics or drops for 24 hours, um, they, they can come back and then chicken pox is, um, after their, um, everything is healed up and scabbed over and nothing is open. Um, that's when they can come back. Oh, well, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it- and I imagine a lot of people feel this way uh, coming off of our COVID years. Um, every time my kid said he was a little bit sick or had a little bit of a sniffle, I kept him at the beginning in September. Mm-hmm. We're way past that now right? because yeah. we've been hit with everything. But but when mm-hmm. um, when is it okay, even if they look like they're, they're fighting a little something to go to school? Yeah. Um, if they're able to participate in class and um, they are able to remain healthy and safe around the other students, they don't have a fever, there's no vomiting, there's no diarrhea, um, Those there's there's colds, you know, and, and we all have colds, multiple colds throughout the year. And um, we don't want to keep them home for everything um, either. And we want them to be able to stay in school and continue learning because um, it's really hard for kids to, to catch up and you know, missing all those days of school just isn't good either. So it's a fine line, um, but parents know their kids the best, you know, and, and teachers are not far behind <laughs> because they're with them so often. So um, just working together, knowing, um, you know, when we see them at school and they're really just not feeling well throughout the day as they're getting worse, then, then it'll be a call to home. Hmm. Should you uh, at least give it a shot? Because that's what we've been doing lately is if they've they have trouble getting up, but they don't have those 
indicators you mentioned just Mm -hmm. get to school and if you feel worse i'll come get you yeah it is it's worth it's worth giving it a shot when there's not those um hard and fast things where they should not come for sure um you know it's 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 a decision maker at home you know that you know it's just you have to make the decision but um but definitely there's there's a time to come to school even even when there's a little a little sniffle yeah mm -hmm. um how about the other end? I mean, um, we've fought so hard to get healthy in our household that uh, we're a little germaphobic going to school. Mm-hmm. What are some preventive measures that you recommend, and, and what are you seeing families doing in school? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody always has the option of wearing a mask. Um, we have many masks throughout the school, um, boxes of them everywhere that anybody can have one at any time. Um, we also have a lot of extra hand sanitizer. Um Washing hands is, that's the number one preventer of, of any illness. Um, so just making sure that the whole family does wash hands, um, encouraging kids to wash hands, um, and wearing masks, you know, is, is always an option. Um, some extra things that we're doing at the school is, is when we have um, more than five kids that are out in a class, um, just to kind of be sure that we're, we're being thorough. Um, we do temperature checks on the whole class. Um, and anybody that's over a hundred will be sent home. Um, we're also, um, our cleaning staff will be doing some extra cleaning, um, with some communication after school that they'll clean extra after school in those classrooms. Mm-hmm. So. And our, our, um, cause COVID is still with us. Um, it's what, five days out and then five mm-hmm. days back with the mask. Right? Yep. Yes. If you're COVID, if the child is COVID positive, um, the five days starts at the beginning of symptoms and then five days after that. So 10 days with a mask from the start of symptoms. Yeah. Um, if a student is in a household with a positive person, but they are not positive, um, it's 10 days with a mask from the start of that person's. Got co- it. Um, okay. Yeah. That's symptoms. part I hadn't considered. Um, mm-hmm. And then those five days count the weekend. So if it starts yes. on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. your five days is over by Monday. Correct. Much, yeah. right? mm-hmm. um, uh, anything else that, the parents should know about school this year that, that, that you want to tell them? Yeah, I think, um, everybody just keep doing what they're doing because (laughs) everybody's doing a good job and working as a team. And, um, just remembering that, um, we do have, we have a whole district of kids that we're working on and trying to keep healthy and safe and just working as a team is very important. Um, one thing that a principal has reminded me that, um, if you get a, a, an excuse from a doctor, if you've gone and see at an urgent care or at a, a minute clinic or wherever, that doesn't count against your student at all when it comes to attendance. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Wisconsin is, you pretty much get 10 days before you start hearing from the school uh, throughout the whole year. And that that's a lot of days That's mm-hmm. because we're only in 174 days and you spread that out and we're missing work. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess just to remember count those days and try to get your doctor's notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's important for sure. Um, okay. Well, Stephanie Calmer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's, it's been great. Thanks for being part of the district. Thanks for having me. Again, a big thank you to Stephanie Calmer and her team for caring so much for our kids and to the special education and pupil services department for knocking down barriers to learning. If you have a topic you'd like to hear on the SMY podcast, send us an email at info at sdsm.k12.wi.us. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. This episode was produced by the School District of South Milwaukee. Thank you to the high school music department for their support in making this podcast happen. 
You can find more information about our schools at www.sdsm.k12.wi.us. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching the hashtag SMWay, or find us with the at symbol S-O-M-I-L-W schools. Have a great week.